Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your dashing, daring, and debonair host, Kellen Conley. A beautiful day here in Morgantown. 45 degrees. It's supposed to get up to the 50s. I don't know if we're going to quite get there. But it's pretty warm by December stat, uh, standards, especially uh, the way it's been here lately. So, Hyphenation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, Morgantown, West Virginia based podcast collective, bringing great podcasts to the people. HyphenPodcastGroup.com. And also brought to you by Mark Rob, written by my semi regular co host, Marcus Show Mad Love Robinson. Marcus writes prolific paragraphs about pontifications, about pop culture, music, politics, you name it. He may have written about it. So make sure you check him out. That's at Mark Rob, and the URL is themarkrob.wordpress.com. That's the, it's, yeah, yeah, the, M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. First topic. So the other morning, I had a little time for work, and I had a whole plan, right? episodes brought to you by water I had a whole plan and the plan was I'm going to leave the house get to my spot over in Westover and then I'm gonna record episode before I um, go to work I didn't have to, I don't think I had to drop a layoff so I left the house and I'm on my way and I reached down to fill like, I guess I've developed this nervous habit, this little twitch, where I will take my thumb and push down on my ring on my left hand. And it wasn't there. Had no ring. Thankfully, I wasn't far from the house. So I had two options. I could either go all day without my ring or I could go back to the house. I didn't know where I left my ring. I had an idea where I left my ring, but I wanted to make sure I had it, you know? So, and I, I didn't misplace it. <clears throat> so I turn around, go back to the house, and normally the only time I take my ring off is when I'm putting lotion on it. Anything else I don't care about. Um, I take a shower with it, sleep with it, all those things. It doesn't bother me. Uh, so I knew I put lotion on that morning, and normally when I take it off, I'll sit it on the bed, because my lotion's right next to the bed, and I'll pick up my ring and go about my business. Well, I didn't do that this morning for some reason. That morning for some reason. So I go back in the house, go to the bedroom, and it's right there on the bed. Now, if I'd left it all day, though, there's a chance that someone could have laid on the bed, Aaliyah could have jumped on the bed, knocked the ring off, and who knows where it would have went. And then, holy hell, would have broke loose. Because I would have been freaking out, and Angel would have been upset, so I'm glad I went back. So, I don't know, I mean, obviously it's something that people just get used to when you're married, that you have a ring on. And for women, uh, most of y'all wear rings anywhere, you've been wearing rings your whole life, so... You're also used to it. And I remember when we got married six years ago that when I first got it, it was weird. It was like, oh. And, and I would always do this thing. I'd play with it. I would sit there and just, you know, yeah, that. <laughs> just move it up and down my finger. And I, I would even get to the point, I think I remember I would take it off and play with it and toss it around and things like that. And then finally I was like, you know what, I'm going to, lose this thing down a vent or something and then angel's gonna kill me so let me stop that and let me just leave it my finger and then since then i've done a really good job about not taking it off i'll play with it 
I'll look at it. Um, you know, it's just a simple silver band, nothing fancy. Um, but I, when I, now it's just like second nature to me. I always have this ring on. And when I don't, it's just like, here, I'm going to take it off right now. And yeah, it's weird, you know. And looking at my finger now, my ring's by no means tight, but it fits. But my my finger has now been misshapen where, like, you know, like around your hand, it goes straight up around your finger, goes around your fingertip, comes back down. I get to my ring finger, I start my pinky, and then it like concaves in and then straightens up, goes around, comes in, concaves, and then slopes in or slopes out where the ring sets, and then my rest of my finger is going back to normal. Heaven forbid if I ever have to stop wearing my ring. I don't plan on stop wearing my ring. Um, or if I get a different ring, maybe that'll change. But it's just funny how a piece of jewelry can be so connected to you. The other, other piece of jewelry I wear is long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Because it is Star Wars week. The Rise of Skywalker is out. I'm going to see it next weekend. Um, no comments about it till then. other piece of jewelry I have is my dad gave me a St. Christopher medallion. Um, he gave me a silver one. He has a gold one. And I don't know if he still wears his when he goes out and stuff, but that was always his thing. You at least have on that gold St. Christopher's medal. And St. Christopher's supposed to be the, uh, I'm not going to look up. He's like the saint of travel. So he's supposed to watch over you whenever you travel. And so now that I realize that and I'm older, I, whenever I leave the house, it goes on. I got it on right now. And when I was younger, I had it on all the time when my dad gave it to me. But my chain wasn't that good. The class wasn't that great. So I would lose it sometimes. Like, I think there was multiple times I actually lost the medallion. And every single time, it found its way back to me. And so when I got older... I used to wear the, my same medallion necklace. And then when me and Angel first got together, um, she had a little K necklace. I had a little A necklace. And so I would wear that all the time. With, I'd have the A necklace and I'd have the St. Christopher medal on. And then eventually, as I got older, I stopped wearing the K necklace, the A necklace. And she stopped wearing the K. Um, and kept the St. Christopher medallion. But then somewhere along the line, I just got away from wearing the jewelry and stuff. Um, I used to, I mean, my ears are still pierced. <clears throat> I used to, I got my left ear pierced in middle school, in junior high. And then I got my right ear pierced after I graduated high school. And I would always have at least two diamond, uh, two, two diamond earrings. They, they weren't real diamonds. Like I think my mom, when I first got them pierced, they were little tiny carrots, you know? Um, but then I, I'm, I switched over some cube, some cubic starconia. You know, and that's what I would wear all the time. And I just stopped wearing earrings. And so, and then I would lose them too. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I think I have one pair, a pair that I actually got out of my mom's jewelry box not that long after she died. And I wore those a little bit, but I never really stuck with it. And then I, I mean, the St. Christopher medallion wasn't being worn at all either. And then probably within the last six or eight months or so, I started wearing the medallion again, and there's been a few times that I thought I lost it. I put it somewhere, I lost it, I don't know where it is, I can't believe I lost my necklace, and sure enough, 
It would pop up somewhere in the house where I just haphazardly threw it instead of putting it where I normally put it on our dresser. So, I, I just find it, I'm curious, people's uh, rituals and uh, things, and the, their rituals and the routines about wearing jewelry and, and things of that nature. I, I always keep thinking to myself, I'm going to start wearing earrings again. I wanted to get me another decent pair of earrings and start wearing them. And, and I may still do that. I have Tom, Lord willing. Um, so I, I just wanted to talk real quick about that. And I wonder if anybody else has that same thing. Cause I, I there might be guys out there who, uh, have trouble keeping a ring on There's dudes who like, I don't want to wear a ring. They wear around their necklace or they don't wear a ring at all. Um, and their spouse is okay with it or same with, there's probably, uh, women out there who, who do that same thing. Uh, so I'm just curious about how important people's, uh, ring routines or jewelry routines are to them and their rituals and traditions for wearing them. Cause my mom, uh, she would wear, she had all kinds of jewelry. And so she would have it on her wedding bands and stuff like that. But then she had other rings she would have on. She had a toe ring on one point. No, not a toe ring. She had an ankle bracelet, a gold ankle bracelet she would always wear. And she's, she, she was never gaudy, but she just was always had on some nice jewelry, you know. And it, it was always gold. Um, me and Angel are silver people. Um, I like a little gold, but for me, my whole thing about gold is dad wears the gold St. Christopher's medallion. I'm Thomas DJ, top professional. I'm Scott McGregor, talented amateur. And we'd like to invite you to join us for our journey through every adventure of the Avengers. No, not that Avengers. You won't find any tights, magic hammers, or fancy shields here. We'll find some supervillains and some hot women in tight leather, so there is that. And champagne. Oh, yeah, lots of champagne. With Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler, that other Avengers podcast, covering the seminal spy series that lasted from 1961 to 1969 on an episode-by-episode basis. Join us as we explore the television series that helped shape pop culture and made an icon out of Diana Rigg, Honor Blackman, and Patrick Dean. With Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler. That other Avengers podcast coming straight towards you every month only on the two true freaks podcast network so what my I plan on doing is heaven forbid it be anytime soon but the day that he passes I'm planning on getting the gold St. Christopher medallion taking that and then given the silver St. Christopher medallion to Leah. Now, it's a male piece of jewelry, so whether she, I doubt she ever will wear it, but I just want her to have it, you know, and kind of pass it down when she's at the appropriate age to realize what it is and stuff, and hopefully she holds on to it, and who knows, she may give it to her kids someday, so that's always a nice little thought. So, so maybe once I make that transition to wearing Dad's St. Christopher's, then maybe I'll start incorporating more gold. You know, but I, I just kind of keep it, I keep it uh, light with the silver, you know, nothing fancy. So I want to take a minute real quick before we get into the next topic. And um, just talk about, uh, <laughs> I always tell y'all at the end of these episodes, I'm always like, tell people how much they mean to you while they're still here, give people their flowers, all these things. So, 
I have a friend who he goes by Hazy. He he is a um well he he used to rap. I don't know how much he raps now, but he was someone who was in our local crew, and our local crew was named, known as Sound Vision. Sound Vision Recordings was the label, uh, Sound Vision Entertainment. But he came into the fold with a group named Fire Squad, and Fire Squad consisted then it was it was Sean Thrilla, Young Thack, Hazy. And then this dude named EJ. I don't remember if EJ has a rap name or not. And, oh wait, there was, no, there was V Sizzle. There was Sean Thrilla. And then there was Thack. They were Fire Squad. V Sizzle moved away. He still does beats and does music and stuff like that. I think he's in Florida or California, somewhere warm. And he's, he's still doing music and everything. He's living his life. Good dude. So, Fire Squad became Thack and... Thack and Thrilla. And then they brought in... Um, Jared. What is Jared's... Um, um, what is Jared's rap name? I can't remember. I feel bad. Let me just go look him up right quick. Podcast 101. Um, they brought in this kid named Jared. And he goes by um, Callus. Callus Cad. So there was Callus. And I can't remember if Callus was around before V Sizzle left. I feel like he was. And then they found Hazy. So it became Hazy, Callus, Thack and Thrilla um, was the group of Fire Squad. And then from there they kind of they splintered into different things. There was the um Thack and Thriller show I think that's what they were called Thriller and Thack show something like that they kind of branched off and did a project and then Hazy and and oh and, and then there's Mizzle I forgot about Mizzle <laughs> so there's another dude named Mizzle who was in the group so Fire Squads had different incarnations but anyway say all that say this um got to know Hazy over the years I got real close to Fire Squad so me and Thack have some music out there if you want to find it b-music.com Nope, b-bandcamp.com. That's where all my music's at right now. I have a couple of songs with Thack. I have a few tracks with Hazy. Um, so there's a period, probably about eight or eight years ago, where I was hanging out with at least Thack and uh, Hazy pretty regularly. They had an apartment um, on, was it on Grant? Uh, I think they had a place on Grant, on Grant Avenue, here in Morgantown, a big party street. People call it Grant Street, but it's really Grant Avenue. And that's so like was party central for years here in Morgantown, all the college kids. And they lived down there and I went over there a bunch to record uh, music and just kick it with them and stuff like that. So at the time, Thack was dating this girl named Brandy and Hazy was dating this girl named Amanda. Turns out somehow Angel finds out one day. She's like, oh, well, uh, we were talking and she's like, oh, yeah, I know this girl named Amanda. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Amanda. Oh, no, no. I, I feel like she, like, we were out because there used to be this bar named Bucks in South Park, the South Park part of uh, Morgantown. Another one of those areas I was telling y'all about how Morgantown's built of all these different places. And one night she's like, That's Amanda. And I was like, Yeah. I was like, How do you know Amanda? And she's like, I taught Amanda because Angel uh, had, like, one of those, um, I almost said season long. Um, permanent permanent sub jobs permanent substitute teacher jobs at university high like her 
first or second year out of out of college teaching before she got her first job at Fairview Middle, which is like eh, half an hour, 45 minutes away. And she she taught Amanda in school, and she really liked Amanda when she was like as a one of her students. And there were times they would talk, and it wasn't like their BFS or anything, but it was always like she's like I always liked Amanda. Da, 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 da. Hazy and Amanda had a little girl named together named um, Cadence, and I'm guessing Cadence came from musical cadences and stuff like that. Um, that beautiful little girl, and then Thack and Thack and Hazy decided they were going to move to North Carolina a few years back because um, they knew some people. I think Hazy had family down there. They were going to go down there to try to um, do more with their music in a different area. So they moved down there. Thack didn't stay long. Thack ended up coming back up here. And then Hazy and Amanda were down there. And, and Cadence. And then a few years ago... Um, Amanda and Cadence came back. So her and Hazy had broken up. <clears throat> and so Amanda was in Fairmont with Cadence. And I, I um, was friends with Amanda on Facebook. And I hadn't seen Amanda Amanda in ages, I don't, I don't think. Now, Amanda's half-sister, Casey, I met her the night that we had a going-away party for Hazy and for Thack um, before they went to North Carolina. And I met, I met Casey. And... Casey's just chilling, whatever, and we, we talked a few times throughout the night and uh, kind of started being friends from there. Um, fast forward a few years, Thack actually starts dating Casey. He's no longer with Brandy. Brandy is now, I don't know if she's married, but she now has a um, has her own child with a, another gentleman. Um, I haven't talked to her in years either. And, you know, um, so Thack is dating Casey. And it turns out, I can't really say this because I don't want to. I don't want to talk about my uh, what I do for a living. But um, turns out that her and Thack started dating, and so there will be times that she'll come into my job, and I'll see her, and I've helped her a few times at my job. Y'all know what I do. I don't need to disclose it. I'm not saying a name, but uh, she, but she uh, also is in on the other side of that. She, she is um, someone that we help serve essentially let's just put it like that y'all know what i do if y'all don't need, want to know what i do you can email me you can google me and see what i do okay and then you put two and two together so i see casey and thack every now and then and so hazy um hit us up recently he hit up a, a people put out something on facebook and then he actually started messaging a couple of us like hey i'm trying to get home to see cadence for um christmas my paycheck won't hit until after christmas i really want to get up there to see her beforehand um, anybody can help me. So he had messaged me the other night and I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't do it. Um, we're on the end of our paycheck and everything. We want to make sure. Uh, so I, I apologize. He's like, oh, it's all good. Don't, I was like, don't feel bad for asking anything like that. And I replied like either late at night or early in the morning. So he, um, comes back at me. He's like, oh, it's all good, fam. I just want to try to get up there. Just got some bad news. I was like, oh man, what happened? And he says, my baby's mother is dead which is Amanda. And she had overdosed and they couldn't revive her. And apparently she had just gotten out of rehab a few months ago. And I never knew anything about any of this, about her having drug problems. Let me tell you something. 
I'm not proud of this, but back in the sound vision, we're doing music, we're gonna make it, we're, we're just waiting for our big, one of us to break, and then we're all gonna follow through. There's a lot of drugs around, man. Me, I mostly stuck to my trees and alcohol. With, an, with black amounts. <laughs> and there's other people in the crew, and I don't ever think like cocaine was a problem, but I know there was a lot of pills. A lot of pills. I know there was a period, an ecstasy period for some of the people. I know there was one point at one, I know one time we're at 123 Pleasant Street, which is a local music venue that we've done music at for years. It's still open. I love 123 Pleasant Street. It's where I met E at, Eric Jordan at. And, you know, there was one point where I knew everybody was rolling and it was kind of like the end thing to, to do at the, at the, at the club and stuff and or when we were out and things and I was like man I, I think I asked someone somebody out of crew I was like hey let me let me get some ecstasy and they're like hyphen you don't want no ecstasy and I was like yeah just give me like a half or whatever man I, I like I want to try it and it was like early in the night I was like I want to try it and you know I want to I want to I want to do it that's this is the only time I've ever asked to do any kind of drug in my life I had never seen coke until probably about within the last five or so years. I was at a house party for a friend, and he's. I look over, and that friend is doing coke. And then he's like, hey, you want some? I was like, no thanks. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't rude about it. I was just like, no thanks, man. I'm good. I'm good. And they say, you know what? No, you don't want, you know, and like, blah, blah, blah. There's a certain kind of, you got to be a certain place to do this and da, 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 da. So they were protecting me, but then I think they're also being selfish and stingy, which I appreciate now. So I, I, I missed out on that. But I know there was a, lo a lot of different pills going around at one point. And, you know, I, I, I just kind of like, chalked it up to just we were partying whenever we partied had a show or anything like that that's when that stuff happened and nobody ever wanted to involve me which i appreciate now in hindsight no one was ever like yo hyphen come over here and do this it was more like it was more like you want to hit this which would mean marijuana you know but no one ever came at me and was like try this hard-ass drug you know because i don't know if i a certain amount of drinks if I had smoked a little bit you know maybe I'd be like yeah sure but yeah Amanda Amanda overdosed and they couldn't revive her so she leaves behind a seven year old daughter Cadence and Hazy is still trying to figure out a way to get up here to see Cadence I don't I, I'm actually while I'm doing this I'm gonna go ahead and hit him figure anything out yet to get up here so Hazy's trying to figure her way up here and he told me that and I called Casey and she she sounded upset on the phone she sounded like she'd been crying and I was like hey I was talking to Hazy and he told me Amanda passed away and she's like yeah so I'm so sorry Casey like for anything me and Angel can do just let me know I'm really sorry for everything. And I went to, because I went to her Facebook right after Hazy told me there was nothing. And now, over the past few days, there's been 
Amanda passed away and Casey did a little dedication to her, put up a few photos and things like that. And there's people on her Facebook walls like, I just saw you yesterday at the convenience store. And now she's gone. And Angel says something about Christmas being forever ruined for Cadence and things like that. Thankfully, Cadence still has her dad, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, I think I said Cadence. I don't know. I don't think I said Casey. Casey is Amanda's sister. Cadence is Amanda's daughter. But I'm sure she has her parent, her own grandparents, Cadence. So I'm hoping that uh. I'm ho- I, I, I'm not ho- I'm, well, I'm hoping that there will be someone to be able to step in and take care of her. I don't know if Hazy's in position to how that would work, because I, I know Amanda had had uh, main custody, and then Hazy would get her sometimes. So I don't know if her grandparents are going to get her or if Hazy's going to get her, but um, good. I'm going to say some prayers for. Cadence and Casey and Amanda's family and for Hazy and everything because I mean even though Hazy and uh, Amanda broke up I mean they were they were together for a while man there was some real love there just didn't work out so yeah I'm not I'm not gonna say this at the end of the episode now but give people their flowers while they're still there still here man my barber Sam she was actually real close to Amanda and she's going through her own stuff that she's trying to deal with. So, And she hadn't said anything about it. So I don't know whether she actually has realized or anything. Or if she's just kind of keeping it to herself. Because some people don't put everything out on social media. As you, That's kind of the rule. Don't put everything on social media. There's people who do that all day long. And then some people just keep it to the vest, man. So, Rest in peace, Amanda. Um, prayers up, man. Call your mom, hug your daughters, hug your kids, hug your your sons. Call your mom, call your uncle, call your aunt, call your sister, call your brother. You, you just never know. You never know when it's your time to go, man. And and the, the opioid problem in West Virginia just continues to hit closer and closer to home. And you you kind of see it everywhere, where. You could just tell people are on something. And let me tell you, West Virginia is a poor ass state. It ain't no, it ain't no designer drugs they're on. These are pills. So if you have anybody in your life who you know is abusing some kind of substance or anything like that, I know trying to help them is one of the hardest things anybody can do because addiction is isn't something you can turn off it's a real disease but if it's within your means please do anything you can to help them there's people out there who are addicted who are addicted to pills and things like that who you'd have no idea you don't know what they do at night you don't know what they do early in the morning. You see them at six o'clock in the afternoon, at six o'clock in the evening, three o'clock in the afternoon. They're chilling. You know, they, everything's good. Blah blah blah. 
but you really don't know what someone's going through. And that's why we say have genuine good interactions with people because you don't know what the next woman or man is going through because, I mean, your kind words could save their life or it could save someone else's. You just never know, man. Give people their flowers while they're here. Call your best friend if you can. Call your old college friends. Tell them how much they mean to you, man. Because heaven forbid, I could uh, turn off this microphone and get in a car wreck. A car wreck. A car wreck. And y'all never hear this. Just make sure that you're telling people how much they mean to you. Because you just never know, man. You never know. So, next topic. On some more... Not not that it's great. But, um... Let, let's uh, do a little experiment here. Can a president who's been impeached be reelected? Here's the top search result. If Trump is impeached and Pence becomes president, is it legal in the U.S. for him to appoint Trump as vice president and then resign? There is nothing in the Constitution that forbids it, so it's certainly possible. He can absolutely run again. So in case you hadn't heard, the House of Representatives. Oh, Hazy just messaged me back, y'all. Hazy said, I got here 11 this morning. I left home at 3.30 this morning. Awesome. So Hazy's here. So may, maybe I'll get the link up with him before the viewing tomorrow. So in case you've been living on the rock, the Donald got impeached by the House of Representatives. So... At this point, when will the trial take place in the Senate? Nothing is set in stone yet, but a general consensus is the Senate will start its trial perhaps as early as second week in January when it returns from its winter recess. So he has to go on trial in the Senate. Now, from what I understand, I don't want to dig too deep into what's what, but from what I understand... At this point, he's been impeached, so he's essentially been accused of wrongdoing as president. And so from here, he goes on trial in the Senate. And then if the Senate finds him guilty, he will literally be removed from office. But then there's all these other things that come into play. So Pence could make him vice president and then resign. But I mean, in order for him to be vice president, they already said that um, he has to be confirmed by majority of both the House of Representatives and the Senate. So that would seem unlikely. So here's the thing that I'm curious about. He's allowed to run again. He could da- It would damage the president politically, which would adversely affect the chance of re-election. There's nothing about the impeachment vote that would legally prohibit Trump from continuing his bid for re-election. As previously mentioned, Trump could conceivably, conceivably, be impeached and removed by the Senate and still continue his current presidential campaign as long as the Senate didn't also vote to prohibit him from holding elected office. So, 
here's the thing, guys. Let's look at this from all points of view. If by some miracle the Senate decides to, to find Donald Trump guilty and actually move him from office, and then they don't say he can't re then if they don't say he can't run again, he can still run in November. The question then is the Senate is Republican controlled. So then if he does get pushed out of office, why wouldn't the Republicans just go ahead and make him their nominee again? Because right now that's what they're going to do, obviously. He's the incumbent. Right? Right. <laughs> so why wouldn't they just go ahead and put him up instead of throwing out somebody else? I mean, I guess the, the, the smoother move... And I'm not by any means saying that I support. Um, I'm not trying to say I support that guy. But the smoother move is if this happens and Trump is still running, the smoother move would just be like, let's go ahead and just have Pence be our nominee because he's already been vice president. If they had to scramble for a nominee. If they if they really had the guts to vote him out of office but did not forbid him from re, for running again, but then they want to nominate him, then they, I would guess all the party would put everything behind Pence would be the idea. But Donald is just so freaking popular, man. It's stupid how popular he is. I thought, I really thought that the president who approves this show, President Barack Obama, and for those of you who have not, do not know, Barack Obama followed me, follows me on Twitter. So that's the only reason I call hyphenation the Barack Obama approved World's Greatest Podcast. Previously, it was just the World's Greatest Podcast. And then it became um, the Barack Obama approved World's Greatest Podcast. He still follows me. We're still tight, Barack. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, like, there's a ton of people in this country who love Donald. And I thought Barack Obama was a, a beloved president, even with all the birthing drama and everything else and Obamacare black backlash. <laughs> Obamacare backlash. I really thought that he was a popular president. Not so. He's not George W. hated. But I think there are people that say that they like Clinton better. And I think there are people out there who might even say they liked H.W. better or Reagan or whatever president from history. Barack Obama was the first black president. He was half. He's still half. He's still alive. The first biracial president. But he was not the most popular president. It was probably the most calm presidency we ever had in my lifetime. Let's see, 83. So Reagan was in office until I was, um, until I was five. And then we had HW until 92. Then we got Clinton in 92 to 2000. And then we had Bush from 2000 to 2008. Then we had Barack from 08 to 16. And now we have Donald. People love this motherfucker. People love this motherfucker. 
I was trying not to cuss, but eh. And there are even more people that I'm seeing now killing this water. There are even more people that I'm seeing now who are even saying, I don't like him, I don't like this, I don't like that, but I like that he did this. People are finding things that they like that he's done. Me personally, there's nothing. Nothing he's done has affected me in any way in a positive manner. Nothing has struck me as that. There are very close friends of mine who support Donald. My father, you heard him on the pod. He thinks... He doesn't like Donald Trump, but he thinks Donald Trump's doing a good job. You heard him. A 69-year-old black man. Donald Trump is the most popular president in my lifetime, man. And even as this, the House was voting on whether or not to impeach him, he was holding a rally. I was watching a, a simulcast. One of his famous Donald rallies. I don't like saying his last name, but I did there. And that crowd was just going nuts. And he's saying all this shit that pisses everybody off that doesn't like him. And they're just eating it up, man. I don't think he'll get impeached. And I know that some people are like, oh, this is a good step. But as convoluted, as convoluted as the... Elect, elect, election processes with the ele the House of uh, with the Electoral College and things like that and the popular vote not really counting and, and things of that nature even if he is somehow removed from office it's not the last we're going to hear from Donald because I'm already hearing whispers not even whispers at this point that after his terms are done that Donald Jr. is going to go up there we could be looking at 16 years of that family in office. I'm not kidding. And look, truth be told, Joe Biden keeps saying dumb shit. I was riding for Biden to run the first time. I was with Bernie. And eventually when Hillary was the one, I'm like, all right, I'm all in on Hillary. Didn't work out. I like Elizabeth Warren, but I think Biden's going to win. I don't think Bernie's going to win the um, nominee from, for the Democrats, the nomination. And I, I don't think anybody can beat Donald, man. He may lose the popular vote again and then still win an electoral college, which is what ultimately matters. It's good that things are being done. But Donald's not going to have a Scrooge moment and wake up one moment and be like, oh my God, I need to change. There's no reason for him to. Dad called him the best businessman to run this country. And he's going to continue to be that. This means nothing to his um, devotees, to his supporters. So yeah, it's a step in the right direction, man, but I'm not holding my breath. I wish I could, but I'm not holding my breath. Next topic. Okay, so now that we've talked about all of that, um, I wanted to 
talk, kind of revisit some of the films that I've loved over the past few years. Or not even fa- past few years, this past, within the last year, honestly. Because I know there's episodes about these films. There was one that had Angel and Lamb and Marcus on it when we were talking about that film. And then the other one had my biggest guest panel ever. Had Anthony Sellers, George Gerbo, Marcus Robinson, and Eric Handsome Bane Greenlee on there. A killer lineup. I hope you all enjoyed those episodes as much as I did. But I just wanted to take a little personal time to just kind of appreciate these two films again. So let's start with Avengers Endgame. The first thing I did when I got Disney Plus, and shout out to Lamb. Thank you so much. (laughs) First thing I did, I went right to the climactic battle of Endgame, and I turned it on. And it's so good. I will probably never have another experience in a theater like I did with Avengers Endgame at that Thursday night showing, like I did in April. I've talked about it. It was incredible. The crowd was gasping, laughing, crying. So into it. They were right there with me. They matched my energy for the first time in my life. And it was incredible. And this film is still incredible. It's broken all the box office records. Yeah, James Cameron's over here saying, wait till I re-release Avatar. And wait till we re-release Avatar. And Avatar 2 and Avatar 3 start coming. We're going to start breaking all those records. We're going to take them all back. Fuck Avatar. Fuck it. Still ain't watch Avatar. Still ain't going to watch Avatar. You ain't getting my money, James Cameron. But I'll watch Titanic if that thing's on. I fuck with with Titanic. There's been videos trying to tear it apart. There's a CinemaSins video that's pretty entertaining. Shout out to CinemaSins. Just pointing out all different wrong things that the movie did and asking all these questions. That's what CinemaSins does. There is a whole podcast, I believe, where Maps goes in and Miles Amadeus Prower of a podcast called Fresh goes in and talks about what he found wrong with Endgame. He thought it wasn't dark enough. He thought Infinity War wasn't dark enough. But then again, he wants chair shots in every wrestling match. So take that as you will. <laughs> Headshots. Headshots with chairs is what he wants every time. He wants blood. He wants people to die in the ring. And he wanted that to happen on the screen. But Endgame is just so wonderful, man from the culmination of Tony's arc which ultimately led to Far From Home leading into Peter's next steps of his arc from Cap having that wonderful moment where he got Mjolnir and Thor saying I knew it and then Fat Thor of course Lebowski so pitch perfect seeing Tony interact with Morgan I tell Leah every night before I put her to bed, I love you 3,000. She got me a mug made that says, I love you 3,000 on it because I started saying that. I tell her that every day before I drop her off at school, I love you 3,000. It's, it's become a part of my lexicon and it will never go away. It's a beautiful phrase. The bond he shared with Morgan is perfect. 
the end scene with Pepper is when Peter's trying to revive him and they just know and she says your work's done and everything the funeral's beautiful they brought back brought back the kid from Iron Man 3 for the funeral who I didn't see the first time now, like all the little touches it's just wonderful it was great seeing Black Panther and Okoye and Shuri come through that portal great seeing all the the characters have been Ash and Infinity War come back. And then when Spider-Man swung in, man, my heart leaped. That was incredible. The coincidences with Ant-Man and being able to have the rat bring him back and everything. Yeah, those are plot things. That's when you suspend your disbelief. Thanos was even more badass than he was in the first one. Zaddy Hawk, as Bane calls him. Uh, Smart Hawk made his first appearance. Black Widow sacrificing herself for the Soul Stone. Hawkeye's arc of losing everything and becoming Ronin and then getting a chance to redeem himself. That was wonderful. I even like the female team-up scene as forces it seemed to be. The, the, the lady squad. The girl power moment. Still not in love with Captain Marvel. I don't know what it is. I, but even her scenes were badass. She showed a lot of power. She showed she was probably the most powerful being on the screen next to Thanos at times. They just hit all the right notes in that film. And it was worth the three hours. And the fact that it was able to not only top Infinity War with how crucial and how serious everything that was happening was there wasn't just a that, that's a feat within itself but the fact that Infinity War and then Endgame both huh, trumped that first Avengers film because that first Avengers film was incredible and Avengers is a reason that Anthony got into the MCU because he went with me to get, when I went my second time was his first time and he was like, yo, they're doing it like this. I'm in. And then he's been my, him and Gary's been my ride or dies for any MCU film for the past few years. What they were able to accomplish within this 10 year time frame and then wrap it all up in one, well, two films, but one ultimate end film. Because Infinity War was the penultimate film, and this is the payoff film. I can't say enough about how great Endgame is. It makes me a little sad, because I know nothing in my lifetime will ever match that for me. I'd like to think that over the years, like maybe another 10 years gone... We'll be building up to Avengers 8, maybe. And then maybe I'll be that excited for it. But they're not going to be able to replicate this. They will still continue to make good to great to amazing films. And I say great, sorry, Dad. But these movies, man, it's just... They're not going to be able to capture the magic. And I'll still enjoy them. But I'll always have Endgame to remember me of the ride, of the journey. And I can't wait... Until Aaliyah is old enough to really sit down and start understanding everything. And I can literally take her 
from Iron Man through Endgame and just show her everything. And the fact that I have that now, something that didn't exist 10 years ago, 2009, 2019, is something I cannot wait to do. It's, it's going to, being able to watch somebody else go on the journey is, it's just incredible. I love it. And the other film I want to talk about is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. In Spider-Verse, man, I said it then and I'll say it now. Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man film. Quick top five. It would have to be Spider-Verse, Homecoming, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man, Far From Home. And Far From Home I've only seen in completion once. So Far From Home could eclipse, eclipse at least Spider-Man. But Homecoming ain't coming close, and neither is Spider-Man 2. The story, they took a character that I hated. I hated Miles Morales. Because Brian Michael Bendis, as much as I've enjoyed his work, at least his Marvel work and what he did with the, um, the Marvel Ultimate Universe and some of his other things and powers and things like that, I still give him a lot of credit. I haven't read any of his DC stuff, but I haven't read any DC stuff in years since they pretty much since they fucked over Robin with uh, New 52. Tim Drake Robin, the best Robin, by the way. And because of Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, campaigning while he was on Community to be the next Spider-Man when they were casting The Amazing Spider-Man, which ultimately went to Andrew Garfield, he decided he wanted to make another Spider-Man. I, don't, I can't remember if Death of Spider-Man had happened in the Marvel in the Ultimate Universe or not, but I'm sure it was in the works at this point. He was going to kill off the original Peter Parker, and there would be another Spider-Man. And this is the reason why he made Miles Morales, which is all fine and good. I mean, Miles, is, he's also biracial. He is uh, Hispanic, and he's black. His mom is Hispanic, and his dad's black. And Matt actually bought me those first couple issues of, of uh, Miles Morales' Spider-Man. And he just didn't do it for me. Ironically enough, the only other Spider-Person who's ever done it for me had to be a clone of one, which is Ben Riley. And those, those stories, everything, it was cute and everything. I, I thought the kid was cool. But I was just like, man, it's just not... It's not hitting the mark. They're, these stories are fine. But the reason why Spider-Man works is because of Peter Parker. And the reason why the Ultimate Universe Spider-Man worked is because it was Peter Parker in the 2000s with Bendis writing him and him acting like a teenager now versus a teenager in the 60s. So, literally... 60 Spider-Man when Stan wrote him R.I.P. Stan when 60's, when 60's Peter Parker was happening he was still bookwormish Peter Parker but when he put on that suit he was Spider-Man you know there was a distinct difference but then eventually especially once Romita came in and balked him up after Ditko left the book and he went to college Peter went to college then Spider-Man became 
um, an, an adult, you know. But with Ultimate Peter, Peter, like he he stayed in high school the whole book. I don't think he graduated. And when he was Spider-Man, he was still nerdy Peter Parker. So when something crazy happened, he would lose his fucking mind because he was literally losing. He was a teenager seeing this shit. Like why the fuck is this giant green monster after me? Why is this lady reading my mind? Blah blah blah. You know, like he'd encounter different people and he would approach it like a teenager. Business did a masterful job with that, but it didn't come across with Miles. So when Spider Verse came out and Marcus asked me if I'd seen it yet, and I was like, eh, you know, I was gonna get around to it. The trailer looked cool, but when Marcus said that to me and I, I was like, I told Angel, I was like, yeah, I wanna go. I'd like to go see Spider Verse. And then we all got to go as a family, which is really cool. And then. Not only was the film incredible, but Angel was glued to the screen, and Aaliyah was glued to the screen, and they couldn't take their eyes off it, and Aaliyah loves Spider-Verse. I could go home this afternoon and throw on Spider-Verse, and Angel will watch it. Spider-Verse gets better every time you watch it. Every single time. Could be you. There might be something you missed. There might be something, a scene that you love. Like, I love Chris Pine and Spider-Man as the original Spider-Man in the film. He dies. And that is the reason why Miles, of course, Miles had already been bitten by the spider. But that's the reason why Miles is like so adamant on finding a way to stop everything. It's because he's Spider-Man now. And that's what Peter put on him right before Kingpin ultimately gave him the killing blow. I, I would love, I, I don't know if I would like to see Chris Pine be Spider-Man in a live action film, but I hope that he does more voice work for Spider-Man in the future. I would definitely like to check that out. Peter B. Parker, Jake Johnson, who I just talked about uh, in the Drinking Buddies film a few episodes ago, he's great as Peter B. Parker. He shows everything that would come across from a Peter Parker who has lost MJ and has gotten a little fat and has been doing it for years with no, without life being perfect because Chris Pine's version was, this is the perfect life for Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And then Jake Johnson's was, this is the slightly less perfect life of Peter Parker for Spider-Man. Shout out to Shameek Moore as Miles Morales, man. He was incredible in this film. Um, for a 23-year-old when he recorded this, he sounds like a scared teenager. Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen, who I love. I'm a big Spider-Gwen stan. She's actually my wallpaper right now on my phone. I love her as Gwen, Mahershala Ali as uh, Aaron Davis is great, John Mulaney as Spider-Ham, Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir, Byron Tyree Henry as as Jefferson Davis, as Uncle Jeff, which is the reason why ultimately he's the reason that Miles is finally able to, he tells Miles when he's dying, after he was ready to kill him until he saw who he was under that mask, he tells him with his dying breath, you're the best of all of us, Miles, and it hits me in my chest every single time. Every time. Lily Tomlin as Mae Parker. She's a great Mae Parker. She wasn't in the film much, but it was great. It was great. I can't say enough about this voice cast. And Zoe Kravitz was Mary Jane? What? How did I not know that? What? 
even for what she wants. They got Zoe Kravitz to be Mary Jane in this film, and even a little bit Mary Jane's in it. When she gives that speech after Spider, the original Spider-Man dies, it's so moving, and the music is great, the soundtrack is great. Catherine Hahn as Dr. Octopus. I love Catherine Hahn, man. I can't wait for Spider-Verse 2. Oh, and Leif Shriver as Kingpin. How could I forget him? He was great as Kingpin. Every time What's Up Danger, that montage comes on, though. It's a mood. And I'll tell you, if you listen to the regular What's Up Danger song, it's fine. Go listen to the film version where they put it with the sounds and everything and how they did it in the film. I'm ready to run through walls after that. Walls. The sequel is supposed to come out April 8, 2022. So I still got to wait two more years before I can watch Spider-Verse again. But it's a flawless film. It moves. It's funny. It has heart. It'll make you cry. It'll make you cheer. And that last final showdown with Miles and Kingpin, after all the other spider people are gone, the way that Miles comes into his own, and the design of Miles, like, I like the original design of Miles with the black costume, uh, kind of being like the, the um, you know, different colors of uh, of um, uh, the Spider-Man outfit, mostly being black and stuff. But the hoodie and the Jordan 1s just take it to another place. Because Stan tells him something in the movie. And I think they repeat it also times. But Stan tells him, anybody can put on the mask and be Spider-Man. And there's quotes from years ago of Stan saying this. One of the reasons why Spider-Man is so beloved is because anybody can put on the Spider-Man mask and be Spider-Man. Anybody can see themselves as him. That's one of the reasons why I was so drawn to him as a kid. I could see myself as Spider-Man. He has cool powers. He's as strong as anybody out there. He has a lot of heart. He has real-world problems. And he does it out of a sense of responsibility. Because he made one mistake with his uncle. Miles' uncle died because in this film, in this universe, because he sacrificed himself for him. Because he wasn't going to kill, kill Spider-Man once he realized it was Miles. And Kingpin shot him. And Miles will never forgive himself for that. Because ultimately it was like his last defense against getting killed because Prowler was about to kill him. And then when Miles pulled that mask off, everything changed. And when Aaron says... <clears throat> When Aaron says, you're the best of all of us. That is Miles's, with great power must also come great responsibility. That's the reason why they refrain from trying to say it in the movie. You're the best of all of us. Holly Quinn, a.k.a. Dr. Harleen Quinzel, here to tell you all about it's like a podcast or whatever. We talk about nerd stuff and life stuff, and if you want to know what we're about, check out the Powie Awards, our 100th episode, Q and Slay, or theater from our butts. Have a good day, puddins, and love, trust, and belief.
that's something that anybody would want to hear from anyone, you know? Like parent, like kids would would love to have their father or their parents tell them that. Like, even if Angel came to me and said, "Kellen, you're the best of all of us," that shit would hit me right where in the feels. It's real. You don't say that unless you mean it. That's that isn't some. Oh, you're the best, and then you know how things get thrown around so much and you overused, like. Um. Well, great for one thing, if you're talking about my dad. But um, I can't think of the word that everybody says all the time for everything. Incredible. Let's use incredible. Everything's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's amazing. And everybody just throws all these adjectives out all the time. You're the best of all of us comes from a place. And Spider-Verse is the best of all of us. And you know what? Spider-Verse may be the best comic book movie of all time. Because of that. It might it's definitely the best Spider-Man movie, and it might be better than Endgame. And I I don't even know if Endgame's the best movie. Like watching Endgame is an is an incredible feeling. It's a culmination of all these years, you know. But it might not be the best comic book film of all time. Some people might still say it's Batman 89. But Spider-Verse. It starts and it doesn't stop until the end, until the credits roll. And that's after Spider-Man 2009 shows, 2099 shows up. So I just, I just wanted to show a little praise to both those films before we get out of here. If this is Stone Cold's podcast, but like they're giving me to go home, my go home is an hour. So according to my recording, that's where I'm at right now. So Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective, bringing great podcasts to the people, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Also by Mark Robb, written by my semi-regular co-hosts, Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson. He writes prolific paragraphs about all kinds of pop culture, politics, uh, issues, you name it, you got it. He's got it. Like, he, he took something that Amanda Dobbins and the other girl from The Ringer said about um, Beyonce and Homecoming on a podcast and turned it into a whole Homecoming appreciation article. He, he's incredible, and I can't wait to see what he does next. I can't wait to get him on the pod. We've been playing, well, we ain't been playing phone tag. I haven't been holding up my end of the bargain. You will hear Marcus before 2020 on Hyphenation. Okay, guys? That's the markrob.wordpress.com, the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. Hyphen Nation is also available on your favorite podcast listening platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, um, Radio Public. Wherever podcasts are casted, that's where you can find it. Make sure that you um, are subscribing and commenting. If you leave comments, good or bad, I'll read them. Make sure that you're um, rating on whatever platform you're on. If you want to go over to Apple Podcasts, though, and give me five stars, I greatly appreciate it. Um, let people know what you think of the show, um, how much you love it. And then most importantly, tell a friend to tell a friend about Hyphenation. Make sure you're all talking about it at the water cooler. I want you all to come into work Monday after listening to this and be like, you know what? Endgame may not be the best comic book movie. Maybe it is Spider-Verse. And actually, let me just say, I'm offended when people don't think Spider-Verse is incredible. 
I'm offended, deeply offended. Just I, I get, just like when people try to fight me on Last Jedi, especially if they come at me from a place where like, well, it really, you know, mm-mm. nah, fam, not doing it. So please, 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 five stars on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, tell everybody, spread the word, share the episodes on your social media, all that. Let the people know about the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. Okay, pumpkin. Power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do Y-O-U. Yes, sir. Recommendations. Let me knock this out real quick. Listen to Broken Record, I believe it was called. Um, it was Rick Rubin and Andre 3000. It was a really, really good episode. Talked a lot about not only... Um, not only a little bit about Andre's music, but talked a lot about mental health and Andre trying to create new music and stuff. It's only an hour. And then Gladwell comes on and he's like, oh, they talked about this and that and everything else. But, uh, you know, we're going into here. So y'all are never going to hear that. I, I appreciated that. So that's a really good episode. It's the Andre 3000 episode of Broken Record. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, I recommend Endgame and um, Spider-Verse, of course. There's a Bill Simmons episode that he had probably about two months ago. I wrote this a while ago. Um, Simmons is on with Malcolm, Gl- Malcolm Gladwell, and I was really impressed with that episode. I've been listening to a ton of Simmons because I listened to the Monday podcast with Cousin Sal for the NFL stuff. And then I listened to the Book of Basketball. And then he hit me this week with Adam Sandler and Kevin Garnett on the episode. So I've been listening to his Simmons, and I listened to a whole bunch of Outcasts today. <laughs> and the other recommendation I have for you is... Um, uh, the Rewatchables, the Shawshank episode, it's really good. Um, Shaw, uh, Shawshank. Uh, the Rewatchables actually has a couple episodes that's come out in the last few weeks that I definitely want to check out. I know they just did Godfather 2. Simmons said it's the longest episode of Rewatchables yet. Fitting because of how long the Godfather Part 2 is. Um, so make sure you're checking out the Rewatchables as well. So I just wanted to get that in there. Because um, I've had those written down for a minute, but I just hadn't said them. So I just want to make sure that we... Uh, cleared all of that up i didn't want to keep ignoring them and it'd be 20 it'd be like february I'd be like oh yeah i listened to this like half a year ago and i think you guys will like it now that i said it now it makes a little bit more sense just trying to update everything yeah i want tmnt in there i'm just updating my topic y'all sorry i said everything about about the flowers and contacting your loved ones and having genuine interactions with people so listen, guys, if you go to anchor.com slash hyphen dash nation, there is an RSS feed or you can use the old RSS feed. It still works. It's feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphen nation 2016, the year the podcast started. If you take that podcast and put it into your favorite podcast listening device, you can get all 142 episodes of fire just like that I love my podcast if you want to reach me be hyphen at gmail.com b-h-y-p-h-e-m 
at B hyphen on Twitter, hyphen universe on Facebook, the B hyphen on Instagram. If you want to go through hyphen podcast group channels, hyphen podcast group at gmail.com at hyphen pie group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Facebook and my breath and hyphen podcast group on Instagram. Just like that. There's also now a hyphen podcast group group within the Facebook page that Eric and Miles are working on building there. So you can join the group and they got all kinds of cool interactions going in there. And I still got to retool the Patreon, uh, adjust the tiers. Shout, shout out to Melisette, man. Melisette, um, she's been on Isle of Power a few times. She started her own podcast that has two episodes out. It's called A Frightful Fret with Melisette. She's like reading the original Frankenstein text. It's kind of cool. Um, she's also a writer in her own right. She she is a Patreon. She she throws us a, a, a dollar every month, man. I think it's a dollar, which is awesome. So if you go to uh, patreon.com slash hyphenation, you can, um, you can help us too. Because everything's going to go towards uh, website costs right now, which... Eric's been handling like a champ because there hasn't been any problems for a while. So shout out to E for uh, taking care of that for us, man. And that's it. That's all I got, man. I appreciate each and every one of y'all that listens to this show and listen to me pant all heavy and be out of breath. How's that, Leveron? <laughs> I gotta get in shape. <sighs> I really do. Every one of y'all to listen to this show, man, it means so much to me. It really does. And I say all that to say, and I say all that to say this. Thanks, y'all. Comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid an exposure.